Hey everyone, and welcome to the Spooniepreneur Podcast. I'm Nicole Neer, an ex-social worker turned CEO of a virtual support agency. My passion is helping those of us living with chronic illness to see how entrepreneurship can help us pay the bills, find a sense of purpose, and build a flexible life that allows us to balance it all. On this podcast, I'm talking with business owners from all walks of life to learn how they're running their businesses. I'm also going to take you behind the scenes into how I run a six-figure business while living with fibromyalgia, bipolar disorder, irritable bowel syndrome, and anxiety. If you are a spooniepreneur or thinking about starting a business, you are in the right place. Hey everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Spooniepreneur Podcast. Today's episode, I am talking to Nikki from a log cabin in Brooklyn, and I want you to pass along this episode to the amazing people who are caring for you. And I think anybody with a chronic illness has somebody on their side who is helping them, you know, when they're feeling crappy, helping them, you know, get their meds or helping them grocery shop or whatever that looks like for you. Um, I want you to pass along this episode to them because Nikki is a millennial caregiver who is caring for her mother who was diagnosed with early onset Alzheimer's at the age of 56. She has been a caregiver for 11 years and I can't wait for you to hear the insights she has about self-care and really about finding a sense of purpose no matter what is going on in your life. Nikki is a wellpreneur influencer as well. She teaches women to become savages of their self-care with sparkle. And you'll see the sparkle part. She has amazing jewelry on her website. Do yourself a favor and go see what she's got going on. So let's just dive right in. Hey, everybody. I am here with Nikki. How are you today, Nikki? I am doing so great. I am in such a good mood. I feel good vibes all around me. Feeling good. I love it. We were talking before we hopped on, you know, coffee. Coffee cures everything, right? Yes. And if it could be injected, I would take it. (laughs) I would seriously consider taking it. My goodness. Yeah, I know that you know you're listening to this, but like my my cup of coffee is like right here because I don't oh. I, I don't go anywhere without it. Yes, right. It's the best. Like I'm Batman, but my coffee is my Robin. You know, so I, I can seize that. the day as long as I have it. Right. So Nikki, tell everybody about you and the work that you're doing in the world. All right. Awesome. So yeah, my name is Nikki. I am. A, a wellpreneur, which basically means I'm an entrepreneur that um, deals with wellness. So my business is a self-care brand called A Log Cabin in Brooklyn, and I serve my community and women in general to become savages for their self-care in prioritizing their wellness and their mental health. I love that. So let's talk about your journey to getting to being a wellpreneur. Why are you sitting down? Like, are you ready? (laughs) I am ready. So tell everybody your story. So 11 years ago, my mom, she was diagnosed with early onset Alzheimer's. She was 56. Now I have to preface and say me and my mom were best friends. Like I was 
slightly obsessed with her. I just thought she was everything. Like, oh, mommy, how do you do it like that? You're so great. So I would call her all the time. I would call her on my way to work. I'd call her while I'm waiting for the train to work. I'd call her when I'm walking up to work. <laughs> I'll call her when I'm sitting down at work. I was like so into my mom. <laughs> and um, things started getting a little weird when, uh, when our conversation started started kind of turning a little curious like she would when i would call her she would be on her way home from work and she was a nurse for patients with dementia and so she would call me and she would say hey you know what it's so funny i don't know how to get home from here and i would say oh well what's near you maybe i can help guide you and she was always it was always at the supermarket which was three blocks away from the house so whenever she would call it would always end up being, I can't find my way home from here. And that was the turning point for me. Um, got mommy tested and uh, had a second opinion done. And yeah, 56 years old. And she was now diagnosed with early onset dementia, Alzheimer's. So life for me got very real. I was 27 and I just could not see anything more important than my mom and her health and my time with her. So I quit my job and that was very, that was a real, real big deal for me because I had slaved to get to a certain position at my job. I was working in the fashion industry and I was seriously thought like I was like Carrie in Sex in the City, you know, running around with the heels on and the rolling racks. I mean, I was doing the most, but still I, I worked really hard and I hustled hard to get to this place. Um, and I, and I did get promoted and I was given an office and an assistant. So, you know, I was right there and then this happened. But again, that wasn't important to me. What was important was my mom and the time that I can spend with her um, because I didn't know how long I would have with her. So uh, I quit my job and then I also moved out of my studio apartment to live with my mom. But unfortunately, her, uh, I have a dog and a cat and she didn't have space for that. So the neighbor next door just happened to be my aunt and she was moving out of the country and asked if I wanted to live in her house. She only had the basement available and the basement had like wood panels everywhere. So I remember when I moved in, I just felt like this is a cabin. Like I am seriously in a log cabin in Brooklyn. So I started journaling, right? But the journaling, um, now it's called blogging and I was blogging online, but I just didn't know that that's what it was But I was writing it all out like oh my god I cannot believe that I am in the city in a cabin and I'm going through this What am I supposed to do? I felt like I had no purpose. I had no direction I'm taking care of my mom and all these changes happened to me and as as I was thinking that I was taking care of my mom I didn't understand that I was actually taking care of myself as well because our diet had to change now you know, um, it's a mental cognitive disability. So instead of just targeting the, the mind, I wanted to target everything, like her sight, uh, her sense of um, touch, taste, smell, all of that. So yeah, we changed our diet. And then also the words that I spoke to her, I had to change that as well. When she was diagnosed, she got very angry, a lot of moods, and she, I think, fell into a depression. And um, our, we ended up having so many little arguments 
So pivoting the direction on how I spoke to her really helped me with how I spoke to myself. And I learned how to be more kind. And like when I spoke to her, it wasn't like, hey, ma, come and eat. It was like, hey, mommy, are you hungry? I'm hungry too. Should we eat now? What should we make? Like, what are you hungry for? You know, it was having a conversation with her. And in turn, I ended up having conversations with myself. Like, Nikki, how are you feeling right now? Maybe you should drink some tea. Maybe you should take a nap. Maybe you should read a book. Maybe you should just chill. But I really loved that um, being in that basement or that cabin <laughs> helped me to really evolve and understand what self-care was. Self-care wasn't just something to buy and the latest trend. Self-care was the small habitual things that, that we do in, on our daily, like, um, you know, taking the time to groom yourself, you know, um, dressing up and showing up for yourself, speaking kindly to yourself, the diet, the working out, being social with one another, family members and friends, all of this is self-care. And I only understood that when I took the time to become my mom's caregiver. And I feel like, you know, whether you're caring for somebody with a chronic illness or you have a chronic illness, you know, self-care looks so different. And so I love that you brought up all the different ways, like even something as simple as like taking care of the medical bills on my desk is self-care. Yes. Like all of that is caring for ourselves. So I love that you bring that up. Oh my God. You know, I actually read an article yesterday and it was saying, um, are you, are you practicing financial wellness? What? What is yep. that? I yep. need to. <laughs> yeah, you're absolutely right. So you are home with your mom, you're caring for her, she has Alzheimer's, but you're writing. And so I want to hear more about the process of how you created this brand from something that shifted. It sounded like your whole life shifted and then you created something out of it. So I want to hear what you created. Oh, okay. Well, I love that question. So yeah, I love to write and I've always been big on writing because I'm a creator. So uh, for me, it's like second nature to do that. And um, even though I have like a very bubbly personality, believe it or not, I am an introvert and, <laughs> and I'm quite shy. So writing for me was my great outlet. You know, I could be as animated as possible because it's just for me. Um, and then I remember like when we went, we started on this journey of me being my mom's caregiver that I was trying to find different activities for her to do for both of us, actually, because I feel like being a human, you were born to have a purpose. No matter what it is, we, we, we crave that, you know, we need to be doing something. So uh, I, I, I tried to find some type of purpose for her so she would have a drive and a will to want to wake up in the morning, you know? Um, and we tried everything. Uh, we tried volunteering, we tried working out like yoga, dancing, working with kids, nothing worked. And it only started to become a success when my sister suggested that we start this new hobby of making jewelry. And I was so desperate. I was like, yeah, yeah, bring it, whatever. I don't even care at this point. We can become bakers, I don't care. <laughs> so um, yeah, we started it. We started um, these jewelry classes and my mom was like 
a night and day difference. She was so excited. She literally looked like she lit up. So she would make necklaces and bracelets all day long. So much that we had to give them away to the postman, to, uh, to the person that picked up the trash. Like everyone got a bracelet or a necklace because we had so much. And then um, one day when we went to farmer's market to grocery shop, a lady stopped mommy and asked her where she got her necklace from. And um, mommy was so shy. So I was just, I said, you know, oh yeah, she made it. She was like, oh, but where, where can I buy one? What? You would buy this? You would spend coins on this? Oh, okay. So from there, we started an Etsy shop. And then we started having house parties. Then we um, started going to vendor events. And um, then we ended up creating our own store, our own website. Um, and that's when I incorporated the blog and the uh, products that we were making. Um, and, but years into it, you know, my mom started declining a little bit more in her mental health. So she wasn't able to do a lot of things like she could have done before. So she could no longer hold on to the tools as much. She wouldn't be able to um, understand direction clearly. So um, instead of, you know, cause we had so much inventory of necklaces and bracelets, um, I started curating sustainable pieces that went along with our brand message and was cohesive to our story. Um, and, and I also created pieces as well. So that's kind of how we got started and how it all meshed together. <laughs> I love that. So I want to talk about self-care specifically. Like I want to circle back around because I want to hear your, what you would tell our audience, like about self-care. Like what's the number one thing that you want them to realize about self-care? Um, I want them to realize that there is no pressure. Be gentle with yourself. There is no pressure. I feel like um, for me personally, I felt there was a ton of pressure to show up a certain way, to be a certain way, to sound a certain way, look a certain way. There is no pressure. When it comes to self-care, it's all about your personal wellness and whatever that looks like to you, you define it. So I'm big on definitions, you know, like I remember when we went to the doctor and the doctor told us what was going on with mommy. And I asked him, so what do we do now? Like what's next? And he just said, well, I'll see you in six months. What? That's it? That's how you prepare me? <laughs> you know? And I could not, right? Like I, could, I, I couldn't wrap my mind around that. Like, you don't even prepare somebody for this. Right. <laughs> this is a life change, okay? Um, and same with self-care. It is a life change. It's not just something you do like, okay, yeah, I went to get a manicure or a pedicure. No, it's a life change. It's something that sustains your entire being. It's about your diet. It's about how social you are. It's about you um, evolving yourself in your mind, in your spirit, in your well-being. It's a total thing, not just one. So with all that said, there is no pressure. Be gentle with yourself. Take time and be gentle. How has your self-care changed because of the pandemic i think for me actually it's benefited me yeah to be quite honest yeah because you know i'm i'm such an introvert so uh and i felt so guilty when mommy got sick that i poured all of my energy into her and i stopped going out i stopped hanging out with my friends and um mainly because you know my friends couldn't understand what i was doing 
you know, like, why would you give up that career? You're making so much money and why, why don't you want to hang out? They just didn't understand. Um, so I think like uh, when this pandemic hit, I was able to become a social butterfly because there was Zoom, there was a happy hour on House Party, the app. Oh my God, there was these virtual game nights and I was hosting all of it. I'm like, oh my God, look at this. Every night I was at a concert on Instagram. Like I, 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 right? I could not believe, I could not believe it. I'm like, damn, look at me doing my thing. So it's actually been great for me. Um, for mommy, she's in the last stages now. It's been 11 years that she's had Alzheimer's. So yeah, she's in the last stages. So in the last stages, they get very tired. They're very weak. So she's just been more in a state of Zen, you know, like very sleepy and peaceful. Um, and that's fine too. So I, I just, I just try to, um, keep her in as best spirits as possible. But for me, I like that I'm able to juggle being social, being a businesswoman, and still incorporating my own self-care and caregiving. I think it's all work. It's like full circle. Yeah, I agree with the, the coronavirus. I think, you know, you're a caregiver, somebody with a chronic illness. I have a chronic illness. And it changes everything about your life. And so many people who are able-bodied who haven't had this experience are kind of seeing what it's like on the other side. And I think that there's a sense of empathy that there just wasn't before. Isn't that something? Like they really, and they're struggling <laughs> for the most yeah. part. Yeah. They're like, ah, I can't go outside. I, can't. I have a cousin who's very social and she was down to tears. Like, I need to go to church. I need to go out to get something to eat. Like she just was so... She couldn't handle it, you know, but mom and I have been doing this for years now. So it was like second nature. Okay. So we're stuck inside. <laughs> yeah. And so I want to dive a little bit more into being a millennial and having this experience because, you know, we're both millennials and I think when people think about caregiving for somebody with a chronic illness or living with chronic illness, they think about like older people, not people who are like young and quote unquote in their prime. So tell me a little bit about how you've navigated that. Oh my gosh, right? Yeah, people think that, don't they? Yeah. They're ages, some of them. <laughs> yeah. Let me stop. Um, yeah, you know what, you're absolutely right. Because I, I, like I said, I'm an introvert, but I do believe that I need support. So I, uh, was a part of different support groups to for caregivers, but I was always the youngest caregiver. Everybody was retired, and 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 what was so funny is that even though I was the youngest caregiver, I was the one that had the most experience. So I remember when I first started going to support groups, mommy had Alzheimer's for eight years, and at the time, and um, the other caregivers there, they their husbands just got diagnosed or another another woman's mother just was diagnosed two years before. So everyone was kind of young in the caregiving game and they would ask these questions and I would give some of um, some advice or suggestions because I had been there before. And they would just say, and I always remember this, this one lady specifically said, I don't think that you understand what I'm going through. Why? Because I'm young? That is that is that why like I just could not get it. I could not understand. So, yeah, that's what she told me, and I kept getting that type of reaction and response. Like, 
you really don't understand what it is. Yes, I do. So being a millennial caregiver, I feel like it's not so easy. You know, I feel like there's a lot of judgment in that. Um, and I don't like it. I wish that we could change it. So I actually started my own support group for millennial caregivers where we could talk about our own experiences because what is it like to, to now have this new way of lifestyle? Like you had mentioned, we're in our prime, right? right. So being in your prime and having to take care of someone else. I know for me, oh my God, I struggled with the whole bills and eating right because I was a bear and, and pizza ordering girl. That was me. <laughs> and then hustle to get this work done, you know? But then when all this happened, it was like, okay, so I actually have to have fruits and I have to have salads and I have to walk more. And you know what I mean? Like that was a big struggle for me. And I just, it took a long time to get to that, to get to this point where I can actually do it. And then on top of that, I became disabled three years ago um, when I fell and broke both my feet. So being a disabled millennial caregiver is definitely something else. <laughs> but, but, but I really try to just take it all in stride. You know, like I feel like if we have, if we're given something, then we must be able to find a way to, to work it out. There's got to be. If, if we can do it on our own, that's great. But if we need to find somebody else that can help support us, then that would be great too. Whatever it is, whatever we're given in life, there has to be a way that we can make it through, that we can be successful. So even in spite of all the things that have happened, I still claim success with everything that I do, with all of my endeavors. I love that. And I think it comes back to having that sense of purpose. Yeah. I mean, I know for me, having a business is more than just making money. It's about having a reason to get up in the morning and something to do even when I feel crappy. So I think, you know, it all comes back to finding that sense of purpose and going after it in whatever you're doing. Yeah, I think, and that's the thing that will drive you because even if you're not making sales, you'll still have that, 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 that go, you know, that green light to just keep doing it and keep at it. So yeah, that sense of purpose is definitely something that you want to carry with you. I know when I was starting all this, I did feel like I was kind of all over the place and I just, I don't like that. So um, <laughs> I remember having a conversation with someone and they were like, because I was only just doing the jewelry just to do the jewelry because I knew that people liked what it looked like. Um, I didn't understand that I could actually connect our story to it. You know, I didn't understand that jewelry is actually a part of self-care. Um, in that self-care has a lot to do with grooming, you know, like in with Alzheimer's, they, the, sometimes they don't like to groom themselves. They, they, they don't like showering. They don't like combing their hair. They don't like brushing their teeth, dressing up. And that's, that was a very big deal really early on in the, in when my mom was diagnosed. And I remember having to push her and encourage her to do that. And I always used to say, well, mommy, you made this necklace. Why don't you wear it? And I, again, did not understand that I could actually tie in self-care with jewelry. So what, what is self-care without a little sparkle? And that's our tagline because it, it really does bring, it sparks that joy. You know, you do feel like beautiful or, or confident or sexy or like a savage. Like you get that from wearing something. I love that. And people cannot see this, but the earrings you have on today are outrageously beautiful. I love them. Thank you. Oh, thank you so much. I love these. These are, and I like the lightweight one. These are called my C dangles, but they're very minimal, but still have a little bit of edge to it. You know, it's because it's asymmetric. 
I love it. Thank so if you. Pe- if people want to find you, where is the best place to look you up on the internet? Well, you can find me on Instagram uh, at a log cabin in Brooklyn. Yeah, I know it's a mouthful, but <laughs> I bet you as soon as you start putting in a log, then all of it will come through on its own. So that's good. Uh, you can also find us on Facebook at a log cabin in BK and on Twitter at a log cabin in BK. Uh, you can sign up for our newsletter. Uh, you can find us on Pinterest. There's so many ways that you can get to find us and know us a little bit more, which would be great because I can't wait to meet you guys. And if people are interested in your support group, how do they get in touch with you about that? Oh, that's a great question. So you can uh, direct mail me. Is that right? Direct mail, direct message, DM. <laughs> you can there you DM <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> you can DM me on Instagram. Or you can just go to the website at www.alogcabininbrooklyn.com and scroll on down and you'll see the contact page for the support group and you can contact me there and I can get you all connected to our group. That's amazing. Thank you so much. This is, oh, I just feel like so happy because you're so bubbly and you're just such a light. So thank you so much for for talking with us today. Oh my God, you have no idea how excited I have been about this. So thank you for making space for me on your platform. I really appreciate you. Thanks, Nikki. Yes. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Spooniepreneur podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, please share with your friends and don't forget to rate and review it on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And if you're looking to build a business that runs on word of mouth referrals, and who doesn't, head on over to www.resilientbusinesstoolkit to check out my free masterclass teaching you to build a marketing plan that drives word of mouth referrals into your inbox every month. Thank you for listening and I'll see you next week.